Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 128 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, it's nice to see you today. And you too. It's been a while. It has been a while. Been traipsing around the country and such. Yeah, barely. It's called traipsing around the state. Well, everywhere I was supposed to go was last-minute quarantine. <laughs> so. As odds would have it, New York is actually a pretty fun state to drive around and get lost in. True. I got to say, we went to the Catskills and then um, did some hiking, which I am so wickedly out of shape that, like, I know I'm out of shape. I'm, I'm, I'm a little overweight. I'm out of shape, sure. But, like, so is Andrew. And we're hiking and we're going up these hikes that it's, like, you know, three miles just uphill, which for you is probably nothing. It's not sure. nothing. But he was like fine, and I was like, "Why are you fine? I've seen you eat a whole pizza. Like I'm constantly like walking on my lunch break and watching what I eat, and I was dying." It's it's a guy thing, I guess. I was I was like, I have no air inside of my body. My legs are on fire. Why do I always want to do this? And then you get to the top, and you're just you feel so good and it's so beautiful. And then the next day you do it again, and then I was like, "Why am I doing?" See, you're looking at the bad part. Remember, when you get up the hill, the whole rest of the thing's all down. So you're here. It's easy not at that point. It's true, but like it's the getting up, getting up the hills hard. But then we went from the Catskills to kind of the Hudson Valley area, and I have to tell you that drive was like no other fall drive I have ever taken. Like it was amazing because they were all like in their full bloom, and the whole ride oh. is kind of like small, windy roads, and it was just like driving through a painting or a postcard that's awesome it really it was really and you'd see like covered bridges and all sorts of just magical autumnal things and i was really so that was nice man the best story i have is i saw two squirrels fighting and one hit the other with a stick that was like did he really he did he like picked up the stick and swung it at the other squirrel and ran towards a tree that's you saying something as a tool that's a really intelligent squirrel well i was on the middle of a run and i just i had to stop because i'm like what did i just see (laughs) Assault with a deadly squirrel. It's probably the squirrel who keeps coming on my back steps um, to where we have the glass doors and just tormenting my cats. And it's been amazing because they just line up at the door. He's practically juggling. He's got like his little nuts. He's spinning around. Like I know he's doing it for them because there's no other reason he would be in that spot. Just put Juniper in her her little flak vest and send her out there to get some squirrels. She'll take care of it. She would destroy him. She'll she'll take care of him, man. She's wild. Um, Yeah, so as you're listening, it's the week of Halloween. Spooky week is fun, Ooh, even I, though, is Halloween happening? I honestly don't know. Do I, I buy candy? All I know is I'm going to be watching the thing like I do every Halloween and enjoying the heck out of it. One so. of the best, one of the best Halloween movies. Best is horror thing. movies, period. Like, I, I never get sick of watching that movie, and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it this year as well. I don't get sick of it. I also will be watching, um, I have friends coming over on Halloween, just two, and we have couches that are quite far away, world. Um to watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's a good choice. It's just so, that movie. Good. so I saw that movie so randomly and just enjoyed the heck out of it. <gasps> we watch it every year now. It's like our every year Halloween movie. And I'm like, it's still funny. Yeah. Like, even when you're like, oh, maybe we've seen it too many times. You're like, nope, I'm laughing still. Wood chipper scene gets me uh, every single time. The bees. Oh. <laughs> Fred must be really allergic. <laughs> Oh, the best. People, is on Netflix. The library has it. Please watch Tucker Dale versus Evil. I feel like it's for those who don't like horror films. No, it's a you horror have, comedy. It's not it's, as squeamish. No, you, trust me. You'll see it and you'll be like, oh, okay. 
I see what we're doing here. Let's do this. It's good stuff. But I'd say the most probably what what would you say is the most common symbol of Halloween, like creepy character wise? Oh well, I mean, it, you got to be witches, right? Because you got the the riding on the broom going through the moon. And totally stuff. agree. I totally agree. I feel like witches are like the all you need to do is put like a silhouette of a witch hat, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, I got it. Um, and That's images a- of witches have appeared in various forms throughout history. We have seen so many different, um, you know, kinds of witches. We've got evil, wart-nosed, kind of huddling, like, over a cauldron of boiling liquid. This is going all the way back to, like, Shakespeare times. We've got some hag-faced, cackling ones, riding brooms to the sky, pointy hats. In pop culture now, um, we got, Ameri- kind of, got an Ontario American Horror Story season. It's based oh on gosh, witches, so they pop them out. That was a very disturbing season. But then you've also got like the benevolent. We've had some nose-twitching suburban housewife witches, awkward teenagers, mm-hmm. and Sabrina learning to control their powers. Love that um, show so much, man. Oh, and you must have been sad that it got canceled. It got brought back by Max. Oh, so it did? I am super happy about that. I'm happy for you. So like, there's there's definitely a bunch of different variations, but the real history of witches, however... Is dark and often, for the witches, deadly. And early witches were people who practiced witchcraft using magic spells and calling upon spirits for help or to bring about change. And most witches were thought to be pagans, uh, you know, doing the devil's work. Many, however, were simply natural healers or so-called wise women whose choice of profession was misunderstood. So they were more like, we're picking herbs and we're kind of using the moon and all of these things, which, you know, are are real life things regardless of what the outcomes might be. But it didn't didn't always... um, it didn't always go well for them. No, in Penny Dreadful actually deals with this in um, their second season, and they they do have like these this witch that all the witch is. Everybody's calling her like, oh, she's evil. She's this hag. She's a witch. Like all she's doing is doing medicine, man. She's yeah. making um, making like potions and stuff that are just to make people feel better out of plants, and yeah. that's considered a witch because it's not just you know. Because people just, as soon as people don't understand things, they judge it and say terrible things about it. This is a, a habit that has not really been cured no. worldwide. Still, still a problem we're, we're wrestling with these still, days. But. Still a problem. So we decided today we're going to talk about um, the best books and movies about witches for adults, teens, maybe some budding practitioners out there. And don't worry, everybody. Michelle made the book choices, so you know they're actually going to be good. I mean, I have to say this. I haven't read every witch book that's out there, so I'm like, oh, let me see what's out there. Holy moly, you people love witch books. They're just all over the place. I can't believe how many there are there. There's like the witch's brother, the witch's hat, the witch goes to Connecticut. Like there were just tons of It's probably of them, a so. book series that's just the witch does this, <laughs> I mean, the really. witch does that. I'm, if there's not, we just had another million dollar idea. Patent, patent, trademark pending on that start, one, everybody. Start writing. So yeah, so we're going to talk about those today. And did I mention, Jacob, that they're really spellbinding? Oh boy! Huh? Oh boy! I pulled a real Jacob I think I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm. <laughs> now that I've seen what my effect on you, I don't know if I like it. I'm a little worried about what's happening. Now. All right, so I'm going to start with a book that is also one of my favorite witch movies. I have to say, which is Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. Oh, I did right? not see that coming. Hey, any movie with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, I am, I'm there. Yeah, I'll watch that. Agreed. So, um, 
a lot of books about witches end up being books about family and legacy, sisterhood, um, and kind of intergenerational bonds that tie us together, which, you know, practical magic is all about. It has two sisters, and they are learning the ways of their family from their eccentric aunts and, you know, on and on. It's a lot of weird stuff. A lot of, a lot of witch stuff. Going on in that life. So th- this sto- what the story is, is for more than 200 years, the Owen women have been blamed for everything that has gone wrong in their Massachusetts town. But all Jillian and Sally wanted was escape. So one will do so by marrying and the other by running away. But the bonds that they share will bring them back. Wait for it. Almost as if by magic. Oh. <laughs> this was a best-selling book, and then in 1998, it had a movie adaptation, like you said, with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, and I love it so much. I really, really enjoy that movie. Do you really? I also owned the soundtrack when I was young. I bought the CD. Oh, are you excited about the TV series that's coming? Because they are remaking it, of course. <laughs> I I would have high hopes about it, kind of, because I think they're supposed to go a little darker with the... Uh, Actually, now that you said that in a, in a second, because you said remake, we need to discuss that next. But I also want to mention, if maybe you've read Practical Magic, there is a new book out now called The Rules of Magic by oh. Alice Hoffman. Is it a sequel to? I believe it is a prequel to oh. it. Oh, that stinks. I wish it was a sequel because I know Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman both said they enjoyed making that movie. So if it was a sequel, you could probably, you'd probably get somebody behind that to make the sequel to that now you probably could um but you know it's a prequel and i think what it is is that it's about two sisters and again same similar story of learning who they are and having to to deal with things and escape and they become the ants in the practical magic movie that sandra bullock and nicole kidman live with oh okay all right, well, that's cool, though. Yeah, and we have a brother in there, and what happens to him? So, yeah, so if you like that storyline, I would definitely check out Rules of Magic. It's been doing pretty well um, on the review sources. Okay, that's a, mm, I like that's the one I was not expecting to hear right off the bat. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another curveball at you. Okay. I'm going to go with one that's a movie and a book as well. I'm Ooh. going with a book that was written by John Updike, The Witches of Eastwick, which oh, right. <laughs> such a great 80s movie. Uh, I, I assume you've seen it, Michelle, considering the cast on this bad boy. Who's in it again? So it stars Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Richard Jenkins. And it's basically about a coven of witches who start to get their powers and they start to learn about it all in New England. But then they kind of run across the devil who is trying to get them to use their powers for evil and to take their souls. I feel like it's impossible that I haven't seen it, and yet I can't picture it. You really have not seen this movie? It's directed by George Miller of Mad Max fame, so you get a little bit of that insanity in there as well. Wow, I'm like embarrassed right now. Jack Nicholson as the devil in this movie. and That seems well cast. When you put... Just imagine you mix George Miller's sensibilities with Jack Nicholson being given free reign to do whatever he that wants. That seems wild. <laughs> it's it's a fabulous movie. It's so much fun. It was one of those ones that it was uh, like a Fox afternoon movie that you used to see all the okay. time. And then you see it like on cable and it's a lot more <laughs> swearing and a lot more stuff oh, going on. Oh, a lot of stuff that they cut out. Yeah, That's it's kind of like watching the Blues Brothers on Fox and then sure. seeing it on <laughs> and you're like, where is all this language coming from? Um, but if you haven't seen it, go check this one out. This is prime 80s Nicholson. Did you ever read the book when you were, is it a younger person's book or no? It's an adult book. No, no, it's a John Update book. So okay. it's, a, it's a legit series. There's some dark stuff going on in this okay. story. 
but it's just so much fun to watch these people at the height of their fame. I always get surprised when I see Cher in a leading role and stuff, but. What? Cher's good. Uh, she's not a good actress, I don't think. But what? I Come don't. on. No, I don't. I, but then again, you know what I think the problem is? She has that thing where she's like, it's like when they see Lady Gaga in a movie. It's like, that's Cher. That's Lady Gaga. Maybe. It I mean, she was really good. Did you remember Mask? I do remember Mask. But or I what don't. What was that great one with uh, Christina Ricci? And uh, Winona Ryder was in it, I think. They oh, were her mermaids! Kids. Mermaids, adorable. That's a that's a girl movie, man. That's not. Well, sure. I no, like. Nobody's arguing. I that. like moonlighting. Moonlighting. Yeah, moonlighting. Yeah, like she's in a, in a lot of good stuff. She's got some decent stuff, but you know, it's one of the good ones. Witches of Eastwick. Go all check right. it out, everybody. So we said you said remakes, and then we're talking about all of these books that became movies. So what we need to talk about is uh, Raoul Dahl's The Witches. Oh. The so w- a kids book. Um, and Raoul Dahl's a little dark weirdo. You think? So that became a movie, and I loved it when I was a kid. I loved The Witches so much. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. And then, so yesterday I was talking to Jacob about it, and he was like, oh, you're talking about the new remake that's hitting HBO tonight? And I was like, excuse me? So you watched the remake. I watched the original last night. Yes, indeed, which is a fun little... Fun little thing that lined up nicely. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. So I will just say the witches, it 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 really held up. I mean, it's fun because there's a lot of things you can pick apart in older movies. Like oh, there's sure. always a thing that like was brought back to me, where in these films, whenever kids were going to bed and had to have a babysitter, the parents were always going somewhere that required them to wear like a gown and a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. That happened in so many kids' movies. And it I was did, like, actually. where did we think these parents were going all the Where were they going? Um, where are they going at like 9 o'clock at night? <laughs> the kid actor, he's not great, but he's, he's fine. Um, but the story, like... Things that were made for kids back then, like it's a little darker. There's some grosser stuff, like Angelica. A lot, a lot Houston. of practical effects in that movie are awesome. The I makeup mean, it's, effects. It's Jim Henson puppets. Mm-hmm. So like, there's mice in it that he does, and just Angelica Houston as a witch. Like her costume is amazing. So I'm gonna say that is a fun family movie, but two adults that watched it last night also really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna say The Witches has held up. Tell me about the remake. So the remake. It's perfectly fine. So, okay, mm. let me give you the idea there. Now, it's, it's the same. hard to replace Angelica Houston. Who do we have in her role? We have Anne Hathaway in the lead role. And <sighs> I don't know the, about the that. leads in this movie, they're not what you have to worry about. Anne Hathaway knows what movie she's in, and she is vamping all over the okay. screen. She's a lot of fun in this movie. She knows exactly what kind of movie she is. She's chewing scenery left and right. She's got the proper amount of menace when needed. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, she's a pretty good villain. And Octavia Spencer is actually like the heart and soul of this movie. She plays the grandma and she brings a lot of soul to this movie. Like, I feel like without those the two. The grandma is a hugely important part of oh. the movie. I oh, did like the grandma in the one I saw as well. Oh, and they keep that going. Like, she's pretty much the lead of this movie. Um, okay. So they're good. And then they got Stanley Tucci's in here for some reason. I don't really know why. He's not in the movie very much. <laughs> Um, so the plot is the same. It's the same story of the witches. It just has this whole feeling of why do we have this movie? It's perfectly fine. 
But it's not necessary. No, it's the same okay. plot. They made it a little bit darker at the end because they stick more to the ending of the book. Okay. I was actually like, there's a mid credit scene. And as I was watching that, I was like, man, the, the implications of what they're implying is like, that's pretty horrifying what's going on right Raul now. Raul Dahl's like, didn't care, wrote kids books. You all bought them. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow, that's a whole thing. Um but you know what? The, and actually, the the way that they redesigned the witches is cool because they did change the look of them, obviously. The big problem with this movie is the shoddy CGI. This is a Robert Zemeckis movie, and yeah. this it's sci-fi channel level CGI at sometimes. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, it seems like this movie was designed for 3D, but... Like, there's no, they're not doing 3D anymore. It's like they feel like everything has to look so real. But watching the old one with the puppetry, mm-hmm. I was like, I am completely content with this. These two mice that, you know, are talking and moving about. Like, yeah, I can tell that those are not real mice, but I don't care because yeah. I'm into this kind of fantasy story. And with this one, like, the design for the um, for the witches were, is really cool. It's like... Um, it's like kind of a shark thing where they have like their mouths are extended almost to their ears and they have a bunch of really sharp teeth. Cool, and yeah. yeah, it looks really cool. And it's like if that was a practical effect, it reminded me a lot of like the uh, the one girl in Fright Night where it's like if you put that on a real makeup on a person, you're like, ooh, really that's scary. scary. But when you put it in CGI, it's like, eh. All right. I might pass on that. Yeah, I, I think you're fine. You, you like the original. You'll be you'll be all right. Okay. I, I pretty much knocked out an hour and 50 minute movie in about an hour and 30. If that gives you any kind of idea <laughs> how, around how enthralled I, I was. <laughs> Um, okay, so now I'm going to talk about a nonfiction book for all you practitioners out there. This is Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within oh. by Juliet Diaz. Okay. Um, and yeah, this is to help people look into embrace their inner witch. Um, it is written by a third generation witch and owner of a witch school. Okay. And it has tangible tips for unlocking your powers from altars to spells. So Diaz explains how to cast off what doesn't serve you in your life, unleash your authentic self, and become an embodiment of your truth. And included in that, you learn such things as how to connect with the power of your inner witch. You can create spells, potions, rituals for love, protection, healing, whatever you want, amplify your energy. She talks about how to make some altars, work with the moon and the seasons, connect with your ancestors. They've got a lot of wisdom. So you know what? I don't know. I might have made fun of this at some point, but then I'm like, what do I know? Yeah, it She's might work. She's just out there connecting with things. I'm going to I'm gonna let it be. If you feel like you have an inner witch, then maybe that's the book for you. Yeah, knock yourself out. Go running around doing witch stuff. I like it. I mean, I guess those books are kind of cool when you kind of see what everybody's actually doing into. So Yeah, and if they're like working with herbs and kind of getting rid of stuff in your life that you don't need and embracing better things, that's kind of a good lesson for everyone. Yeah, so I, I would say so. That's fine. So, yeah, so that's a good one. Should I do another? Or you want yeah, to knock out another book. Um, so this one is a new book, and it's been getting a lot of buzz. I think I'm going to have to pick it up. It's called The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. Oh, okay. That's have a, you seen that on anything? No. it's. Good. You might recognize the cover if you saw it. It's a pretty cool cover. But it takes place in 1893, and there are no such thing as witches. Of course not. And there used to be, though. In the wild, in the dark days before the burnings began, but now witching is nothing but some tidy charms and nursery rhymes. And if the modern woman wants any measure of power, she must find it at the ballot box. So that's kind of the premise. Oh, I didn't but, see that. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, but when the Eastwood sisters 
um, join the suffragettes of New Salem, they begin to pursue the forgotten words and ways that might turn the women's movement into the witches' movement. So that is kind of what this book is about, but it sounds kind of fun. So their whole thing is like, there's no such thing as witches, but there will be. They're going to have the Eastwoods come after them. <laughs> I like that idea. I mean, maybe, yeah. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> getting people to vote and kind of delve into old magic and What a weird combination like of that. stuff. We're going to mix witches with voting. Make sure. Well, yeah, it's like witches is suffragettes, which kind of makes sense. If there were witches then, they totally would have been suffragettes. I would think so, yeah. They're all about power, man. Exactly. And like, what better way than getting people to vote? So it sounds kind of fun. I like the idea that there's like a big party that they would have been like, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give everybody this potion. It's gonna make them vote for su- for suffrage. Oh, that sounds that sounds great. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have worked. That would have saved something. us a lot of trouble. Hold on, hold on. We, we, there's something here. We, we're figuring <laughs> out. Tears. All right, what other? What, give me a movie. All right, so it seemed like the most obvious next choice. Uh, we got to bring up the Blair Witch series because when it comes to witches in America. Series, though, or just one movie? Yeah, I don't think we I'd need ar- to go past the one movie. I'd argue two. Oh, I'd boy. argue two. I'd stay away from that second movie, which is r- just a big old pile of dog plop. Man, okay. that movie is terrible. <laughs> the third one's pretty cool because you actually get to see the Blair Witch, and they actually a pretty cool design for it. Yeah, it's crazy that the Blair Witch Project, which I continue to think is a scary movie, you never see the witch. You don't. But you you don't. know she's a bad lady. Yeah, and you could think it's a scary movie. I think the last 15 minutes of it's pretty decent. I would have liked the whole movie to be that. but I have my own fear, uh, a deep-seated fear of being lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. So I think you for guys, me this was What did you guys a, just get back from doing for two weeks? Well, we were on trails, and I'm very much like, make sure you can see the trail marker. They were, um, they were in trails for a little bit in Blair Witch, I'm just saying. I did go, like I said, to a haunted hayride, and they had a giant, like the Blair Witch wooden thing that she puts together was like hanging Did they really put it. that up there? Oh, and see? it was enormous. It was like tree-sized, and I was like, <laughs> I still don't like it. So, okay, that's a good choice. What else you got? Um, you know what else we got to bring up is uh, The Witch from 2015. The Nicholas Eggers movie who, man, that dude. <sighs> the Witch. How did how you feel about it? I got to say, I, I sat down with friends when that came out for a scary movie night. You, you want to know what well, it is? I was a little disappointed. It's another, it's the set up the same way. You know, it's a good thing we bring it up with Blair Witch because this is another one that really doesn't start kicking off until about the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we're out the door. <laughs> I, that goat, though, the goat was scary enough. The goat was cool. And the movie itself looked beautifully and was shot great. It was. It was gorgeous cinematography. I'll give them that. Um, and it's a pretty good representation of what more like primal witches would be about. It's a lot of blood magic in that movie. Like, yeah. There's not like, you know, Eye of Newt and f- yeah. Wings of a Fly and all it's that a, kind of stuff. That's a scary witch. And it did have its moments. They when they I don't want to say anything what happens with a baby, but there's some baby stuff in there that's pretty pretty baby, raw. Baby stuff scary. <laughs> baby stuff scary. Some pretty good baby uh <laughs> baby foo as it were. Um but yeah, that movie's a lot of fun. I wouldn't say fun. It's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Don't watch it if you're looking for a, a standard like jump scare yeah. Halloween movie. Because that's I, not what you're getting. You're getting kind of like an indie art piece with some horror right. elements. Like Hereditary is kind of the same way. I was going to mention Hereditary. I don't think it's a witch movie, though. I think it's more of a mon- uh, like a demon movie. But it's kind of the same way where it's like a lot of slow burn and then all at once they hit you with some awesome stuff. Yeah. It kind of leaves you Except Hereditary, really. though, I thought blew it right at the end when they were like, we will now explain 
the entire movie that you just watched, so here I go. And I never liked that in films, but. Uh, you thought they explained everything? I didn't really yeah, think Yeah, I felt they like that lady it. at the end was like, let me explain now what all of this meant. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll discuss it off thing, but if you didn't do that, I think we that, did an w- even episode. We can't even remember, but where we talked about hereditary. Oh, I'm sure, I know we did. I just, we got to discuss that because I think we had different things from it, but Possibly. that's not what this episode is about. Okay. Um, some more books. There is one called The Bell Witch by Brent Monahan. And this is actually, so, okay, N- this is known throughout Tennessee as Old Kate. This is true, what I'm saying here. Old Kate. Yes. The Bell Witch took up residence with John Bell's family in 1818. That's the story. And that it was a cruel and noisy spirit, and it would, like, make these rapping and gnawing sounds before it found its voice, okay? And with these voices, it had supernatural acts, and the bell witch really tormented the bell family. Um, And this extraordinary book recounts the only documented case in U.S. history when a spirit actually caused a man's death. Really? So a local school teacher, Richard Powell, witnessed the strange events, and he recorded them for his daughter, And then that astonishing manuscript fell into the hands of novelist Brent Monaghan. So, and then he prepared the book for publication. So members of the Bell family have previously provided information on this case, but this book recounts the tale with a novelistic kind of vigor to it. Hmm. And it's really, really chilling. So again, he kind of wrote a novel. It's not in nonfiction, but it is all based on this manuscript and on these, mm. you know, accounts of what people saw. So supposedly a true story. All right. That's yeah, pretty so cool, actually. Kind of cool. Bell Witch by Brett Monahan. Now I'm going to go to the complete opposite side of that. We're getting some fake witches now? <laughs> well, I have not read this book, but this book was everywhere. People love it. I'm pretty sure it's a trilogy now. And that is A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harris. I from, know. From Blondie? No, that is true. That's not Debbie Harry. It is. Now you're explaining the joke, Michelle. Jeez. Well, I, sometimes I have to work it out aloud because <laughs> I hate you. So this is deep in the stacks of Oxford's um, Bodolin Library. Young scholar Diana Bishop unwittingly calls upon a bewitched um, manuscript in the course of her research and descended from an old and distinguished line of witches. Diana wants nothing to do with sorcery. So after, you know, she gives a quick glance to this book, a few notes, she kind of banishes it to her stacks, but her discovery sets a fantastical underworld stirring, and then we got daemons and witches and vampires soon descending on the Turns into a real sooky stackhouse novel, it sounds like. Well, I think that is accurate because it's been compared to Outlander and... There's just a lot of making out in that book. That was, that was, I I read that first book because I was like, oh, a fantasy series? Like, I can't wait. And I listened to it on audio and there was nothing more uncomfortable than driving around in my car and just hearing these really long sex scenes, like, narrated. I was like, I have my windows down. I feel like a total weirdo. So A Discovery of Witches is, if you're kind of looking for that, I think there's going to be, you know, romance and drama and things like that. But like I said, it has... Two more books after it, and it's now a TV show. Is it really? It is. So this is this is what people like. This is a big book. If you've oh. never heard of it, you should check it out. Witches are the new vampires, man. They're they're making their play right now. I would say that that's true. Yeah, witches are huge. 
When are werewolves going to get their day in the sun? Am I right? <laughs> just not happening. We're all waiting. Okay, what else do you have? So, again, another one that we kind of have to put on here is 1993's Hocus Pocus, probably our generation's most favoritest witch movie of all time. And I never saw it. <laughs> what? What do you mean you've never seen Hocus Pocus? I don't Pocus? even tell people when they talk about it. I'm always just like, yes, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I never saw it. What? And now I just don't even want to. What do you mean? I don't, I'm like, it's shutting my brain down <laughs> I that know. you have not seen it. How have you not seen it? I don't know, but we don't even need, everyone else has seen it, so watch Hocus Pocus. Well, what? we can't even talk about it because right now all of our listeners' brains shut off for a second. And I'm really pick their sorry. Jaws off I'm really floor. embarrassed, everybody. Well, it's, okay. <laughs> well, it's about witches that come back and try to take over a small town in Disney fashion. And they're played by Bette Midler, Ka- Kathy Najimy. I don't remember how to spell uh. that. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, who actually almost looks regular in this movie, which is very difficult for her to do, as we all know. What does that even mean? I don't know even why I know what it means. Everybody knows Hocus Pocus. Give me one more scary one before I do another book and we have to leave. All right. Um, I'm going to go actually with one that's not a female witch. I'm going with a male witch here. Okay. I like that. I'm going with 1989's Warlock starring Julian Sands. Oh, I can just tell that's going to be such a terrible Jacob movie. Oh, it's a Jacob movie all the way. Why do you do this? There's so many good movies. I hate. You have to see this movie because I actually think you would hate it less than you think you would. So it's basically doubtful. (laughs) This warlock gets picked from the uh, 16th century. The devil Mm -hmm. decides, hey, I need you to go find my Bible so I can go and undo all of God's creation. So the de- the warlock's like, word, but we have to, we don't have the budget to do this in the 1800s. Send me to 1980s Los Angeles. And he's like, you got it. So and he gets sent to the future. One of this big witch hunter goes and chases him, and shenanigans ensue. And I believe it's Laurie Singer is in this movie too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all about the 80s. There's a lot of good gore in this movie. If... You, in the course of this show, have decided to watch some of the Jacob movies and enjoyed them. This is going to be way high on your list. All right. All right. I'm sorry, you finished? Because I just astral projected and left the room for this entire description. It's, a, it's so popular. There's four of these movies, oh, Michelle. Oh, come on. And a remake coming. Come on. That's All what right. I'm telling you. You got to get on the Warlock train, man. I feel like I have so many more books that I didn't get to tell you about. So I'll just say The Last Witch Finder by James Morrow looked great. Hex by Thomas Old. Hvelt, but it. I will say um, another nonfiction because I think those are interesting is a storm of witchcraft, the Salem trials, and the American experience by Emerson Baker. Um, so yeah, the beginning in January of 1692, Salem Village in Colonial Massachusetts witnessed the largest and most lethal outbreak of witchcraft in early America. And villagers, which were mainly young women, suffered from unseen torments that caused them to writhe and shriek and contort their bodies. And they complained of pins being stuck into their flesh and all of these things. And believing people believe that they suffered from assault by an invisible spirit, the community began a hunt to track down whoever was responsible for this demonic work, which was resulting in the Salem Witch Trials, um, which culminated in the execution of 19 villagers. And it persists as one of the most mysterious and fascinating events in American history. Um, And then Baker in this book shows how a range of factors 
um, in the Bay Colony in the in the 1690s, including a new charter and government and this lethal frontier war and re- religious and political conflicts, set the stage for these dramatic events um, in Salem. So it, he kind of unfolds everything that really happened and the, the allegedly bewitched and the judges and the government officials who prosecuted them. And it really just wrestles with the questions like, why did this tragedy unfold the way it did? Like, why did this ridiculous thing happen? And it's such an enduring legacy. So if you're really interested in kind of the start, I feel, of witches in our country, this is the book to check out. We started it by lighting them on fire. It's a truly American way. I'm going to have something interesting to say about that when I get to my facts. But until then, we are out of time. So, Jacob, plug us up. If... You want to get some fiction and nonfiction information on witches, we got the place for you. Go to your local library. We got 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by. We're pretty much all open now, folks. But don't forget to go to www.buffalolib.org to make sure that we're open and to check your account online. Place requests, all that good stuff. Get your ebooks. We have so many ebooks, and the circulation has been crazy. So people are really mm-hmm. into them. Get your scary ebooks. That's right, everybody. There's a list, so you better get on them quick. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at all booked up pod so you can go ahead and see what we're going to be watching even more so on halloween and i'm going to bug michelle constantly until she breaks down and watches hocus pocus now so she can be a regular person in modern america (laughs) thank you i feel your judgment before the sequel comes out michelle geez (laughs) okay um so a couple facts about witches in order to test whether or not a woman was a witch back in the day people would perform a ducking and that was throwing the witch into a pond or a river with their hands and their feet tied. And if they escaped, they were a witch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they did not escape, See. they were not a witch, but they drowned and died. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the priest is standing over like, well, I really got egg on my face about this one. Huh? Jeez. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I had that one. thought I had that one nailed, everybody. Well, just keep drowning. All right, well, um, next. This is an interesting fact. Like you just said, most witches were not burned at the stake. Actually, during the Salem witch trials, no one was burned to death. All of the accused that pled their cases and were found guilty during the trials were hanged. Okay. So I'm not sure where the burned thing came from, but that doesn't seem more, to have really been a thing. It's more theatrical. Absolutely. Probably became yeah, a you, know, you hang people all the time. You set people on fire, that, that's memorable. People remember that. And I'll give a shout out to your warlock here because witch hunts didn't mm-hmm. specifically target women. Nope. Um, historically rooted misogyny led many to believe that women were somehow more susceptible to the dark arts or temptation by the devil and therefore were more likely um, to be witches, though. So, for instance, the laws of Alfred, which were written by King of Wessex, Alfred the Great. I know a lot about Alfred the Great, man. Is that right? Yes, I do. You can talk to me about that, dude. Okay, he specified witchcraft as an expressly female activity, but men did practice it, too. And they were called by many names, including a wizard, a sorcerer, or a warlock. Cool names, so, a lot of them. Equal As, rights. <laughs> again, we just had this discussion. Remember, in fantasy books, wizards and warlocks, not and witches, not the same thing. But that is not what we're discussing right no. now. That is a discussion for our fantasy episode. And this last one is, is special <clears throat> for you. Witches really did fly on broomsticks in a way. Okay, so bear with me. Okay. The origins of the broom as a witch's preferred mode of transportation is kind of weird. People who practice witchcraft experimented with herbs and potions like we were saying in rituals that may have used the mandrake plant. So mandrake contains scopolamine and atropine, which are two alkaloids that cause 
feelings of euphoria in low doses and hallucinations in higher doses. So the rituals, which were performed in the nude. Oh, of course. Called for the participants to rub an herbal ointment Mm. containing the mandrake on their foreheads, wrists, hands, feet, as well as on a staff, which they would quote unquote ride. And the friction of the ointment coated staff on the witch's, you know, lady parts would absorb the ointment into their system and cause a floating sensation. And their description of that feeling is what um, perpetuated the symbol of the witch flying on a broomstick. Now you know. You are better for it. I'm glad that I shared it. Jacob, I don't want any comments from you. But you guys, enjoy your Halloween. Thanks so much for listening. Watch out for witches. And we will catch you next time. Bye.